Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz. Hi, this is Bruce Smith. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, it's Dean King. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about revolution when it's already plastered by Bob Dylan tonight. This to sing about, you know it feels good to be alive. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? Nothing. I was born this way. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I just... Uh, welcome to the big show. Um, Paulie's back. Paulie took a big trip. He was uh, on the road at Wake. How'd that go, Paulie? It was good. Trip down was horrible, and the trip back was horrible because I was in the smelliest rental car in the history of mankind. Why? What, what, well, I, okay, was the so, car not cleaned when you got in it? So, or? here's my theory on it. It's okay. smelled, you know, you know when there's you you got a, a heavy set friend, and, and they, gets, they can't clean their ass, and he gets stinky. Yeah. yeah. And this car had Colorado plates, so I'm thinking a fat, stinky guy drove from Colorado <laughs> to Syracuse. Oh, and it so it could me. just be a stinky guy. He had to be a fat, stinky guy. Yeah, you can know. You Did the know fatness cause his stinkiness? No, no, you, you know, know fat smell, like you know the unwashed fat, ass smell. Yeah, you know the fat smell. But why gross. does unwashed ass have to be it's from only, a fat guy? Because eh, it's had There's a chance to bake. Could a it be a bit. skinny guy that nah. hasn't, hasn't no, taken care of himself? The oven's bigger. Yeah, the oven. The oven's bigger. Okay. You know, so, 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 Detective Clouseau has when surmised you get in the that car, it was a, an overweight man. When I get in the car uh-huh. in Syracuse, it's like 13 degrees, so there's no smell in the car. I see. And then as I drive towards North Carolina... Did you have your seat warmer on no, to fully bake no, the There essence? was no seat warmer on, but when the car got to about room temperature, oh, Lord. Started a walk. And then... Getting in the car after the Wake Forest game in North Carolina after the car had baked in the 70-degree heat. Was it 70? It was smellier than anything. Oh, I would have complained. It was gag. I would have complained. It was gag-inducing. I almost wanted to uh, drop it off at a budget and say, I can't drive this back. Yeah. You should have said, I can't. I, you got to so get me what was the car. What, what was the, so do we open the windows and just deal with the cold? No, or? I just turned the heater off and let the, I, fro- I wore my jacket, drove the so the uh, <laughs> I drop it off at the place and I go, hey, I just want to give you guys a heads up. This car is the smelliest rental car ever, and the lady didn't even like didn't even care. She's didn't like, even all right, you're great. She's yeah. like, all right, see. You Some next people week. like. That. Didn't, didn't you order the the, the fat ass? Rental? You didn't delu- Yeah, you didn't order the <laughs> right. deluxe your, butt sniff package. And your, and your and your comments right here clearly says preference to Colorado baked ass cars. And she's like, I'll see you next. Yeah, Wait, exactly. Mr. See you in three days, right? What yeah. in Lord's name is We're happy. not losing your business. Now, 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 this is a rental that has taken place through work. But I would, if I were you, call up and say, hey, you guys owe me a two-day rental and see if you can't get that little side rental for yourself for the big trip. Nah, I survive. What's the matter with you? You drove in. Why is it about survival? Stinky air the entire way. I know, way. I but I, I rent from there a lot. I don't need them cutting my brake lines for me. Did it affect your uh, <laughs> Did it affect your appetite? Did you still stop and get your burger? I yes. had to get out and eat. I oh. got out and stopped. But I want to know how eating that and having that stuff that you eat in your stomach is affected by Colorado Aspect Car. 
<laughs> it's clearly known yeah. as Colorado yeah. Aspect car. So it was a really nice car too. Was what the, was it? I don't even remember a Honda something, but it was it was small. And they got to scrap it now because oh, whoever. There were points where I was like, my God, yeah, right? Man, shower. It's like it was almost like he drove straight from Colorado, to nonstop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he yeah. couldn't stop. He just took care of it right in there. In a diaper, it is. Mm-hmm. It, it just depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. But the game was good. Syracuse played well. We 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 actually just took they care did of our not business, stink. huh? Yeah, we knocked them down. Yeah, Elijah Hughes played great. You know, it's the tempting thing, and to listen to some of the stuff that's going on. In our loss to Duke, in our loss to Carolina, we I think proved we belonged on the court. I mean, we didn't win, and we you know either one of those games could have gone the other way if a few things had happened. So certainly we were in the game. Um, then you look at the victory we have now, and we've got UVA tonight, um, uh, number three ranked, I believe now. So um, two, number two, two. Sorry. Uh, Paul, you looking you you're looking for Cuse to win this game at home to um or? No, I'm not looking for it, but it would be nice. I I well, mean it's, it's gonna be a low be scoring a... game. They're the best defensive team in the conference. I think they hold teams to like fifty five points a game. Mm-hmm. So it'll play into Syracuse's wheelhouse of playing a, a slowdown game and although they've been moving the ball pretty good lately. But uh I I think Syracuse can win this game, but I wouldn't bet on it, if that makes sense. Well, this would be a crowning jewel on a really kind of seesaw season where, you know, we know how good they can be. Uh, the question for us has been consistency. Um, I'd say if I was to summarize uh, this year's season as I've watched Syracuse, um, they've proven they can beat anybody. They've proven that. So they're a dangerous team. There are a lot of people coming into this tournament that do not want to draw Syracuse in the first round or second round because they're that good. They could definitely beat anyone. The two things that I would notice about how our how our team goes is when we move our feet in the zone and get out on the corners, particularly against three-point shooting teams, we're more successful defensively. That would be my biggest dig is that their rotation to get out on the shooter? Um, we they found ways to uh, um, to exploit our weakness there. So that would be something that I would I would be concerned about for the really good three point shooting teams. And that means more than one guy. You know, you go against Boston College, you go against these teams, and they've got one really great player. He's not as dangerous. He's going to get his twenty plus. As long as another guy doesn't get twenty plus, that's the problem. Or two guys get fifteen that don't normally average more than eight. So that's that's number one on D. And then, you know, the the uncoachable thing about my other point about Syracuse is offensive, and that's our shooting. Um, you know, when we kind of take a vacation and we shoot a terrible percentage, we lose a lot of those games. Um, we have to knock down a certain amount of open jumpers. Um, you know, if we get – and I'm not even talking getting hot – I'm just talking staying consistent. Guys like Brissett that can go 0 for for a game, and you go, man, you can't have that. we got to have his 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there to offset whether or not Tyus has to have 29. You know, so Bayheim, you know, when he comes out, he has gotten better as the season's gone on, but he's got to come off the bench and score 9. He's got to hit 3 of those. 
You know, I mean, that's what makes him dangerous. So I'm watching the way they're rotating the ball and finding the right shot, and they're, they're still doing that very well. These are good looks. I would be more concerned if the looks weren't good. Um, but you know what? They're they're executing. Um, having their our senior point guard be present and not make silly mistakes of turning the ball over at half court, which just can't happen. Um, these would be side notes. But the two biggest ones are moving our feet on defense in the zone against the three pointer, and shoot our shooting percentage has to has to hold some. You know, can we get somewhere around forty? You know, what I mean, like we stay at forty with our D, we're going to be in any game there. It's when we start dropping into the thirties that we're we're in trouble unless we're really trapping and doing things that are turning the ball over. We just can't afford it because we're not a great rebounding team. We have to rebound by committee. So those would be my two big notes. Polly, what do you got? Uh, I, I think it's time for Tyus Battle to, you know, it's hard to say for him to step up, step up but it's time for him to, the, he's done it the past three games. It, it's time to, be, you got to average 20 points a game, at but least, let me every ask, night. Let me ask you something. Uh-huh. So you say that, right? And you're in the first round and we're playing, you know, Mother Teresa's sister or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And they turn around and they all know Tyus is the man. They're going to be throwing bodies at him and doing stuff to him to try to slow him and get him down to 15, 14, which is not a terrible night in the tournament. But, you know, they, they know that. So for me, it's not so much him. He almost always delivers very rarely. I mean, he might have an occasional bad night, but he's around 20 anyway. I, I'm just saying he... There's got to be a point where he hits a different gear, and they did it last, a lot. Three players did it last year at the tournament, but you know he's he's there's a point where he's done this already, and now mm-hmm. it's time to you know to he's got the potential to put a team on his back, I think, and win games. He he does he and does it's time and, to do that. And, and in the clutch situations, you know, when you're playing Georgetown and you all know where the ball's going and you still can't stop him, and he sticks that big shot. You know, I hate it to come down to that. But as I look at the potential longevity in the tournament, you know, getting deep into it, I think you're going to have to have two other guys well, step up. I, I think you're getting 10, 11, 12 out of a couple other guys. But If you I, get, you know, 10, 11, 12, and two nines, we're done. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it's uh, it's going to be fun and interesting. And uh, I'm always looking at the worst-case scenario, and there is a worst-case scenario for this team still. You are, I, I think. Well, well. And, so, so we've gone back and forth. Now, you've witnessed this, Josh. Mm-hmm. You've been in this room when it was, well, we have to win this game. We have to win. So now we've gotten it down to where we lost to Duke and we lost to Carolina, but we did beat Wake, which by his own standard was, well, if we win that game, we're in. 99%. Now, now he's, oh, he was 90 this morning, 90%. Now he's 99 they are in the tournament now. If they lost to UVA and Clemson, they're going to the tournament. There's a worst-case scenario, I'm telling you. Okay, there's so a, what's that worst-case scenario? You lose out the rest of the season. Two you, left. There's right? three left because you've got an ACC tournament game, and you're going to have another bad loss <clears throat> if you lose in the first round of the ACC tournament. And somebody on the bubble gets real hot. That could yeah. happen, too. You're going to have a—but I think they're in. I'm 99% sure they're in. But there is that one weird scenario where they end up playing Wake Forest again— in the first round of the tournament, and they could lose, and that would be three straight losses with a quadrant three loss to end the season, you know. So, I think I, I don't think you can keep them out now. I don't think so. I, I just like the whole. Let's not put it in their hands. Let's win one. No, more. no. I mean, so we're going. So you bring something up. We're going to the tournament. You know, every time I come in now, um, the great ones in a meeting. I can't. I can't get them. I can't get them. He's just gigantic right now. Um, 
But I'm trying to get a better understanding in the last couple of minutes of this segment of two things. Mm-hmm. So we go to the tournament mm-hmm. and we win the first game. Mm-hmm. And then we, and you're playing every day now, right? Yes. Okay. So we go, to the, we're there the second day and we win again. Mm-hmm. And then we pack up and we go home. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would we do that? Money. Because we can't. Things cost money. We have to find a sponsor to sponsor us beyond that to keep us there. Yeah, hotel rooms. Hotel rooms, and, and then you'd have to change a flight and food and all sorts of, paying the engineer and all sorts of stuff. So we'd have to come up with a sponsor. We'd have to get out there and get a sponsor. Well, to, they have it sold already, and there has to be a profitability to it. You can't add a sponsor now. It's too late. What do you mean? So if we win the first day, what if I find a sponsor that wants to sponsor us because we're staying? That's not, not going to happen. I got sponsors on my Rolodex. I just click a button. Then why haven't we used them for the best? Because <laughs> I don't benefit from it anyway. Well, oh, so an extra night would it be worth it for you in a hotel room? <laughs> Might be. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Let's be on the road. Let's be on the road. All right. So the second of this twofold question was, how does this relate to the tournament? Like, you know, we get in the tournament, and what well, don't we? Don't we have to go? No, we don't have to go. No. But if it's close, then I'm sure he'll. So what does it? What does it look like? What does this look like for you? You're fully capable of hooking up all the gear, right? Yeah. Okay. So what if I take us to the tournament? What if I pay for it? What if I take you with me and we go? Well, then he's not going to care if you're paying for it. But he's not going. You know, it's a business. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't need him to pay for it. I can take care of it question is are you getting in the car for the jamboree across country probably not <sighs> where's the dedication you I'm, think you're going to san antonio is that where you're san going Jose. San Jose. San Jose. No, san i think i'll end up in the midwest or south i think it's jacksonville des moines somewhere like that jacksonville in the midwest <laughs> i said midwest or south oh you said south. if they end up in california you get on a plane no you're not going no you're not going at all no and then i'll meet them for the second round or if they make the final four i'll go to me i'm just going on the road by myself okay Hop in the van. Trying to bring them along. Trying to make it happen. Just doesn't seem to want to budge. And that's, we could be heading to Cali. That's a big trip. That that's is a, a long big, trip. Listen, by day three of that trip, can you imagine the footage I'm going to get? Can you imagine get? what he would smell like in that SUV? Can you imagine the footage I'll get from this guy? Oh, oh, He's already oh, going. Oh, oh. I'm going to be one of those. I already, I'm already mad at you. <laughs> You're mad at me now? Yes. What I've are you mad, mad at me at, I've been stewing at you over the weekend. What's going on? You want scorched earth on... Uh, on Friday. I scorched the earth on Friday? Yeah, you crapped on everybody in your first segment in the 11 o'clock hour of the show. What did I do? Tell me. Remind me. You just you didn't like Josh's open. You told me I don't do show prep and I wouldn't care if you dropped dead. You pooped on everybody in the building. It was a shooting no, gallery. No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> Take the facts as they come to you and digest them. Okay. What I didn't like was the... Uh, Sound in between, mm-hmm. which I'm allowed to say. No, no one. Well, when you could they, have said it off air. No, that's okay. I didn't say they sucked. I didn't say, but I didn't say any of that. So don't make it sound like that. I didn't like. I said, "What is that?" And so we tried to describe what it was, like what kind of sound it came from, whatever. And I think it was me and was it Bill Hogan? Yes. Yeah, yeah, me and Tommy Salami. Yeah, Tommy Salami. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Well, well, it's funny because I was very specific in what I wanted in it to you, but I didn't say that to you. So I should have said it to you. What I thought would have happened, which maybe obviously I'm wrong, is 
you would have said to me, hey, do you want to listen to the open before it played on the show? Sure. All right. Uh, uh, so I didn't do it. But I appreciate the fact that you took the time to do it. Thank God, because you're the only one that ever does it. I can recut <clears> it. <throat> and I don't, the sound effects exist just as a transition. It's, it's a weird yeah. transition between voices. It's to, yeah, it's hard to make the guys just say hi, hi, because the way they said it. Well, yes, but remember, each one of them says their name first. So you do get that it's a new guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that it needs a transfer. You did, you did poop on me, though. I d- well, you're poopable. You know, you, <laughs> you got to remember, there's you guys from Colorado that don't know you. You said that poop I don't do prep, and I don't care if you would leave in a day. Uh, uh, listen, listen, let's be factual about something. Let's be really factual about this. If Ed fired me today... You wouldn't lose a blink if I wasn't here tomorrow. I can't afford to. Like I'm, I'm I can't sit and argue so, with a guy. So, if you fired so, Josh, so, I wouldn't so, argue so, with him. So, so, my point is valid. You know, this this place is very different than the experiences that I've had. Like where, like when uh, um, John Polito, God rest his soul, was on homicide with us. When we realized they were going to let him go, we all went in that office. We all said, "Hey, man, you can't fire Polito." Mm-hmm. He's one of the original guys. Let's get him the help he needs or whatever the problem is. That wouldn't happen here. You'd push a button and somebody else would be on in a second. I wouldn't get a phone call. It would happen if I got fired. That's radio everywhere. I that's told you it. that's radio everywhere. Okay, but, Same but, with so, my, my show. So, so, rather than be offended and said I took a poop on you for reporting exactly what you're agreeing with what happened, just take it as, look, it's confusing to me. I come here and I have relationships with people here. Very limited. It's really you two and maybe a couple of people. Minor. But otherwise, look, look, here's a better example. Like I said, it's. I think it's odd to have a movie actor that's on the radio in a small market like this and blah, blah, blah. And, and yet, you know, I've done things that have that have happened um, you know, in my career, and not even a mention from anyone in this place. Not a congratulations. Not a how you do, you know. And and I and I look at it and I go, okay, well, that's just the way it is here. It, People don't even say hi to you in like this a, place. I've been in. I've worked in four different radio companies. It's like that at every radio I, station. I, I, you listen, ever I get at. it. I understand. I've heard the reports. It's very odd to me. You know, I'm I'm a very much a team player. I'll come help you. I look at other shows that are on that take no advantage of having me on. I was on the morning show. They don't even talk to me anymore. They don't ask me to come on their show when they'll have a guy who's got a law firm on here or they'll have some coach that's only known in Syracuse and maybe a few cities, but they won't have a movie actor from a famous movie. They don't even ask. Okay, great. So I get that. It's like when you're in jail and you have your arm around your food because you don't want anyone to touch your, your tray. You know, so I've had to really get used to that. It's not my personality. I'm the guy that walks in and goes, let me buy everybody basketball jerseys. Let's get on a team together. Let's, you know, it does not exist here. It's a very, very apathetic environment. So I've had to really adjust to that. I have. Um, it's not who I am and it's not what I'm used to. But, and it wasn't meant, it is what it is. So it's not meant as an offensive thing. But as what I've noticed is the investment into my personal relationships in this, in this company are for, for, for not. For well, like if Josh got fired, I would be sad, and I would still be friends with him, and I'd text him and say, "Hey, right. sorry." It took but, fifteen years for that to evolve. But but, but no, <laughs> but like I can't do anything. I got I got bills to pay. You got to keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. Keep rolling. I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not arguing take, against. I'm not going it. in and bitching that Josh got fired because I'm not taking the hit either. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not, right, right there. You go. I'm not right. I'm not arguing against it. I'm not criti- I'm just. It's just been a, a momentous change from what I'm used to. And and what I who I am and what I am in my in my family and as a person and 
Yeah, so I look at this as it's like my note about never saying bad things about the show. We're a, we're a, a family. We're a highly dysfunctional family, I see, and a, and a, and a, and a very non caring family. But, but we nevertheless are a family. We got to break. Atan's on hold. He's part of our family. I would be sad if Atan. I care this. more about Atan than I do you now. Oh. I'm so excited. It's time for... Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Uh, um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. First off, I'd like to apologize to Atan that we were having a family fight and we delayed his... Uh, is joining us. Sorry, on it's all good. What I got going on over there? Is it beef in the streets? What's yeah. happening? You know what? This is a strange environment, Ton. You know, I mean, there's, there's, uh, um, it's not a, t- it, it, it doesn't appear to be a team. And I'm, I'm a, t- I'm a team guy. Uh, many times I'm a team captain. Many times I'm a performer on the team. But nevertheless, I'm a team guy. From the, from the guy who cleans the floors to the guy who stands in front of the camera, and so. Um, when I got to radio, I realized that there are several islands in the sea, and they act independently. They're not coordinated with each other. Archipelago. Not, yeah, there's a, there, you know, it's it's a big word. <laughs> I mean, it is a team. It's just it, radio works in a way that if everybody does their job, the team looks good. So I made the statement on air Friday while Paulie was on the road to Wake Forest, and Josh had already left yeah. the studio, mm-hmm. and I said. Um, you know the, the, what? What I've learned being here is, is that if I just got fired and come in, there wouldn't they wouldn't miss a beat, they wouldn't care, there wouldn't be anything said. I probably wouldn't even get a phone call. It'd be nice working with you, and that's just the way it is here. That's that's the way it is. That's the the cold hard facts of doing radio. And these guys guarantee me because they have experience where that's it's that way everywhere. And I said, well, that's very different for me. You know, in TV, I, I've been in experiences where I've been on a TV series and a guy got fired, and we all went in and said, isn't there anything we can do to not fire? That? Like we rallied for the guy because he was on our team. Um, um, uh, it's not. It's not the way it is here. It's good. It, it, it's 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 a slow, slow death, my friend. Oh my God, that's radio. Slow death. That's radio. Well, let, let, me, well, let me make a comparison to to basketball to to the team. Yeah. You know, and I've been on different teams and different NBA teams, and guys have gotten traded. Um, coaches have gotten fired. Uh, things of that nature that that have happened. I remember when I was playing with the Wizards, and um, Eddie Jordan got fired. And we were all upset about it, very upset. I mean, we went there to Ernie Grunfeld and said, you know, went publicly and said, you know, this, this, this isn't right. He is a good coach. You know, he is somebody who we support. Sometimes when you see different players um, get traded, I mean, you t- look at Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard when he, when he got, um, you know, the way that he was getting done. And then also when, oh, wait, uh, Toronto, I was thinking of Toronto, when um, well, man got traded. That one was slipping his name. From Toronto, they got traded to the Spurs. Y'all got to talk about Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Kyle Lowry got very upset and was vocal about it. You know what I mean? That's his teammate. That's his brother. That's his family. And he was vocal and said he didn't think that it was done right. You know, sometimes when you are on a team, um, you develop a relationship with your brothers, even though knowing that there is a business aspect to it. You know what I mean? So sometimes when somebody is um, let go or traded away, you use the position that you have to voice your disapproval of it. And that's, you know, that's what you would want to happen, but it doesn't always happen. So in some cases, as you said, people just go about their business like nothing happened. In other cases, people voice their disapproval and, you know, show that they have support um, for the person who got let go or got traded. And that's kind of what family being is Yeah, about, and you, you guys know. are both coming from completely different perspectives. Like, you guys are talking about a movie set where everybody's needed and makes millions of dollars in an NBA where people make 
millions of dollars needed and you can't just get rid of them. It's all union jobs. We're talking middle-class guys that if we complain about Daniel Baldwin getting fired, we're just as expendable as Daniel Baldwin is. <laughs> right. You know, there's but, another but, dope that but, can come in here and do our job probably for less. Yeah. But I, but I, but I wonder as I, as I digest what Etan has just said, and I listen over the course of quite some time now of your, both of your um, examples of it. Here, here's something to look at. That's quite more fascinating to me to, to take a look at. And that is this. Has the fact that you've worked in radio in this environment over the years um, corroded your sense of feeling and so on? Because I'll tell you what I mean. What I said was you wouldn't care. I didn't say. I would care, but I'm not going to go to bat for you. <laughs> wow. I like I text you, hey, and sorry. There, hey, man, that and sucks. You, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what you text me? Hey, you left the jacket in the coat room. That's what, you, that's, that's what it would, it would It wouldn't matter to you. That's just the way it what is. What do you got, Josh? Want to do a little so what? Let's so what brought so to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and Camillus. Catch all the action on the big screen TVs. The Wildcat Sports Pub, what a best sports pub in Camillus by the Syracuse New Times readers. Uh, this weekend... Trey Young was ejected for staring at his defender for too long. I'm going to show you guys this clip. Yeah, I saw this. The NBA has completely lost its mind. Trey Young put up a three on, I believe it was uh, Chris Dunn. And after the shot goes good, (coughs) he stares down Chris Dunn for maybe three seconds. The uh, officials decided that was an act of aggression. And they ejected him. I'm going to show you the clip. He did nothing. He did nothing wrong. He said nothing. He puts up the shot. It's good. He stares down Chris Dunn's back. No eye contact is even made. And he is ejected for an act of aggression. I mean, this is Atan is an NBA player. Do you you saw this right? Yes, of course. I actually retweeted. uh, Reggie Miller said. um, He said. I'm looking at the tweet right now. He said, "What's happened to my beloved NBA game?" So soft and sensitive now. No way. Trey Young should have been given a technical for this. I, I would have been broke and out of the league in two years. That's what, that's what Reggie Miller tweeted after this happened. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, the refs, the NBA refs are trying so hard to keep control of the game and they don't want anybody to show any aggression. All, all of this happened after the brawl in the Palace, if, you, if everybody remembers. None of this happened before that. So the fact that they had a little altercation, slight altercation, I wouldn't even call it an altercation. I would, I would call it a little, I don't know, a little kerfuffle, a little, little something <laughs> before that. You know what I mean? Where he, he held the sign and kind of like, um, you know, he, he popped, him, popped Trey Young a little bit on that, you know, a little something. I think that's the only reason why they did it. But I agree with you. It's too, I mean, you can't let the guys have a little bit of fun. You know what I mean? Let them, let them be competitive because that's what you want. So well, when when Reggie Miller was staring down the Knicks and talking noise and all that stuff, I still I still have negative feelings towards Reggie Miller about that. But that was beautiful basketball. But isn't what Steph Curry does? He turns and stares at the opponent's bench every time, like before and the ball even goes. And he does a dance and he does a dance, but they don't look at that as threatening. You know what I mean? So they look yeah. at Steph Curry. What he's doing is different. I don't think it's fair. Well, yeah, but he's staring. He, this guy was staring at his back of his at head. His back. And, yeah. and, and, and listen. I was in those front rows. I was sitting there with Crystal and Spike Lee and Whoopi Goldberg and you know and a number of other people, my brother Billy and my brother Alec. And you know, Reggie would walk by and did the slit his throat and oh. you know, I mean he did that 
to the fans. He'd walk up to us and, and put two hands choking, you know, when when <laughs> someone would miss a foul shot that was really big, or he'd steal one and you know, but make a three, steal it, make another three, and then and then jog down the court going, "Y'all better get out here and get this." Y'all, better. I mean, he was rapping at him, you know. And, and, I think that's great, though. Oh my God, we, we uh, you know there were times we almost came out of our seat, and of I course. love Reggie. But now, you know, now listen, I was young watching this, and I was watching it in in, in my mother's <laughs> living room, and I remember, and I stood up and I was like, "Damn you, Reggie Miller!" And I got in trouble. Ta- I remember clear as day. Ton, in your Syracuse, <laughs> in your Syracuse years as a teammate, who was the biggest trash talker on your teams? On my teams, yeah. uh, probably had to be Jason Hart. Not even a question. Um, Jason Hart was a very big trash talker. And a lot of times he did it just to kind of get himself going and get himself hyped. You know, I remember, you know, any big game. He's talk- I remember when he, we played Duke and he, and, uh, he, made his, he, he stole the ball from Wojciechowski and went and got a layup. And you know how Duke always does a slap on the floor? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that slap on the floor, he was just talking, 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 talking. And, you know, that's just how he did. But that's great, though. That's basketball. <laughs> you can't make the guys a robot. And I think that's why Eric Devendorf is so beloved in Syracuse. I love yeah. Devendorf, man. I love his passion, his energy. Every time he stepped on the court, he was going to give his all, and he was going to tell you about it. That's my man. For sure. I told you last week about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, uh, Skyhook Foundation charity. He was trying to raise money. He put up a lot of his own memorabilia, 234 items, raised yesterday nearly $3 million for this foundation, the Biggest item was his 1987 championship ring. It went for $398,000. The second was uh, his 1985 championship ring. And then from the rings, the highest item was a signed ball from the regular season NBA game in 1989. He raised nearly $3 million for the organization. And and the foundation, for those that uh, don't know, it it helps kids get into schools that they couldn't get into and helps them educate. You know, one of the most misunderstood uh, athletes that I've ever known, um, that I've had the privilege of spending time with, uh, and and at the end of the day, here's a guy that looks at all those accolades all the way back to... Powell Memorial High School in the city and um, and and the things that he's done, the all-time NBA leading scorer. Um, you know, Kareem did many things. Uh, um, you know, the changing of his name, um, you know, from Lou Alcindor because of his beliefs. Uh, and here's another example. These are just things. And so Kareem looks at those things that he has, those possessions that would probably mean a lot more to other people than they do to him. Not that the championships didn't mean anything to him, but what he was able to do to raise $3 million for children that need that money and that help, my hat's off to him. Just put another example of um, what a high level as a human being he's been able to play at throughout his entire career. I definitely agree. I have so much respect for him. I remember my mom gave me his book when I was younger to read. And he's he you know he definitely misunderstood as you said, but this is something that was so selfless of him to 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 do, um, you know I, I I don't know if I could have done that <laughs> you know what I mean that's yeah. something I might have thought of a different way to fundraise but I mean that was that just shows his dedication um, to exactly what he's doing so nothing but respect for Kareem yeah for sure all right over to the NFL I think you heard it in the top of the hour but the Jaguars are expected to obviously release quarterback Blake Bortles paying him 6.5 million uh, and then signing free agent quarterback Nick Foles they can't make that official until March 11th uh, but that is the scuttlebutt if you will is that Nick Foles will be a Jacksonville Jaguar well, you know, I mean, I said it after... Scuttlebutt? <laughs> I'm I sorry, said, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I said it after the 
um, the first championship when Foles wins MVP. And I said, don't they owe it, this organization, to this guy at 29 years old to let him have his four or five-year run somewhere now and make his bank? And, you know, and so they held on to him for another year. The more interesting question when I look into this is, who are they going to get to back up Carson Wentz? This guy has not gone a full season as a starter, except for his rookie year, that he's been able to stay healthy. So why would you bank on anything different than the fact that Wentz will not go through all of next year? They're going to have to get that seasoned veteran guy, you know, a Fitzpatrick from Tampa, that kind of guy, to sit behind him that can take the team for three or four games while Wentz heals up, because that'll happen again next year. He's, just, he's proven he does it every year. So uh, that's a more interesting question to me. And Bortles, a guy who went to the Super Bowl for your team, and he's like, yeah, bye. Thanks for playing. I'm saying so what? You're saying so what to all of it. Yeah. Wow. That's very he's, strong. He's, he's not doing anything as a starter. If he was a, good enough to be a starter, he would have been a starter by now. Foles? Yeah. How do you he's say He's had that? his run already. So Every guy's, time he started, The guy's like 12-1 and one as a starter in Philly. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> the team around him is pretty good. Okay. Six well. foot six, two hundred sixty pound Mississippi State defensive lineman Montez Sweat broke the record in the forty yard dash at the combine over the weekend. He did it in exactly four point four one seconds, beating Emmanuel Lawson's record in two thousand six. Cool. Kids booking. Cool. He's he's fast. Cool. Yeah. He's fast. Yeah. <laughs> he was running. And finally, uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium will convert to a completely cashless operation coming up for this year's uh, opener. They will be using no cash transactions. Everything must be done with card or your smartphone. So what? Okay. All right. <laughs> Killing so it today. So Sorry. Do you carry cash? Baldwin carries cash. I don't carry cash. I don't anymore. carry any cash. Baldwin's always got cash. I carry no cash on me. Yeah. I carry. Yeah, see? I carry. You know. He carries I, like rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm old school Sinatra. Like rubber you know? bands. <laughs> yeah, I got the rubber band. I carry you know three, four grand wherever I go. Yeah, Come that's on crazy. Me. I gotta have it. I threw this one in there. I don't know if you would, you cared about this, but John Smoltz, uh, former MLB player, yeah. made his debut on the PGA Tour over the weekend. He finished one over 220 at the Color Guard Classic in Tucson, Arizona. So what? All right. Thank you. So what? Uh, brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camilla. You're killing it. I'm right, trying, We're going to come back, and uh, we were hoping to get uh, a surprise caller in. I'll text him now while we're on the break. Tony, you going to hang on? Yes, sir. Okay. We'll be right back after this. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. And we're back. Hey, hey, Ton, do you have brothers? I have one younger brother. So, did you, uh, how, what's the age difference? About uh, three years. Did you guys, was he a big boy too? Uh, no, he wasn't as tall as me. Um, he was a little shorter. He, he played football, but then he stopped and just, you know, went a whole different direction. He's acting now. He lives in New York. Oh, no. How did he ever go into that business? I <laughs> uh, know. <laughs> but he loved it. He loved the theater more. So yes. that's type of acting, and then he's he's doing voiceovers and now, so he loves what he's doing. Right. Well, you know the theater is great until they offer you your first TV job, and then you get your paycheck, and you go, "Holy crap! What was I thinking?" <laughs> right. That's, that that is true. <laughs> that is true. All right. So I just Facetimed my brother, who was supposed to call in at ten thirty. Apparently, he can't tell time, <laughs> and he said, uh, "I'll call him in a call in like a minute. I'm just going to." So who knows when he's going to show up. Good. While we got you on really quick and waiting for him to call, what did you uh, think of Syracuse's performance against Wake Forest? You know what? I thought they looked they looked good. I don't I don't know if you know I'm looking at the fact that they forced 20 turnovers against Wake. You know what I mean? Without pressing, 
So I don't know if that's a testament to our great defense or Wake Forest's horrendous play, to be honest with you. But I, 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 but I, I, I do think they played well. You know, I think overall, looking at everything, you know, we've won the games that we were supposed to win, besides, of course, Georgia Tech and UConn. And this was a must. Like, I, mean, I think you said last time we, we talked on the radio, um, this was a must win. You know, a, a loss to Wake Forest would have been catastrophic. Not to sound overly dramatic, to, but it would have been devastating to any hope that they have of getting in the tournament. So they took care of business. Okay, so we have UVA tonight, and then we have Clemson. Um, so, oh, jo- well, you know what? Yeah, get him on the join. Oh, no. I just hung up on him. Hold on, I hung up on a time. Did Mo try to hang up on me? No, I hung up on a time. No, I hung I up on a time. <laughs> I suck at my job. Wait, wait, he, he hung up on who? We had Eton Thomas. I sent you his his uh, his bio so you know who Eton was. Eton Tommy played. Call NBA. The- Mo just hung up on Thomas. Yeah, he just hung up on Thomas. Yeah, we ha- he's been on now for twenty minutes. That's a fireable offense, Mo. <laughs> on the line, event. on the line with us now, replacing Eton Thomas, who's so <laughs> rudely hung up on. I, t- Tommy, do you have his number? If not, I'll send you. Oh, is uh, my brother Alec? Uh, uh, now that we have you on the line. Uh, here comes uh, that could be a ton. Right, Please don't hang up on Alec. Please don't hang up on Alec. I'm not. I got this. Okay, let's see how he does it. I'm just stupid sometimes. Okay, so we're going to add it, a ton. We know who it is, Tommy. You can just put him on hold. All right, there. I, All there, right, so I got do we now have Eton and Alec on the phone? Hey. I apologize. Hello. I, I hung hello, up on you, Eton. Eton, this is my brother Alec. Alec Eton, say hi to each other. How are you doing? Yeah, We've met pleasure, already. My great pleasure. Good, very great definitely a great pleasure. Where did yeah, you guys meet, Tom? We were on the show a while ago talking about uh, the kid that went to uh, Washington and not to Syracuse. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Um, yeah. So here, here's what we thought we'd brew, we'd do with, with you two guys on. Um, and let me set this up a little bit for you. So Colin Kaepernick, who had uh, um, a lawsuit against the NFL because he felt that there was collusion in order to keep him out of the game. The day before, with no rumor of settlement, I said on this show... If you think the NFL wants their this to go to court, you are out of your minds because all they have to prove is one email or text message among two owners that in any way they said we're not hiring this guy and he'd win that case. The next day after I said that, the NFL did exactly what I said. They sealed it. You're never going to know the details. And they settled. What I want to talk about is, Etan, Alec, what is your opinion on this and, 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 and on this settlement? Let me let Alec go first, Mr. Baldwin. No, no, no. I want the professional athlete to go first. Oh, well, you know, uh, th- there's a lot that I think about this, you know, and I definitely agree with what you said. They wouldn't have – they didn't want this case to go further um, at all. And it, 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 it's interesting because, you know, you have to think of yourself, why would the NFL settle? Why else? You know, what other reason would they have? This is a, this is an organization that doesn't settle with anything. They ain't even want to settle with the CTE cases when there's mountains of a- evidence and, and data and proof. You know what I mean? So why would they settle here? The only thing is that they did not want to have this go public and have those emails go go public and show what everybody pretty much already knew was what, that Kaepernick was getting blackballed. You know, I, I, I would go on to say that – if the commissioner of the league or anybody in the in the league offices has a single email that confirms any of it, all that becomes evidentiary, and that would make them very, very nervous because the amount of money they settled, which won't be disclosed, 
would have been far less than what he would have been able to hit them for. <clears throat> my question, my question is though, is in taking the settlement, does that help Kaepernick? Or I, I mean, financially, it helps, but you're not getting the evidence out, and you're not getting your side out in this whole by them sealing it. Yes, but remember something by him settling. Yeah, but but who's, to, who's to say it would have gotten out in any, under any other circumstances? You know I mean, it, it's like I think I think miring down. In, in the specifics of the settlement is a mistake. You know, the, the more macro picture remains the more important picture. But Kaepernick strikes me as the kind of guy who probably donate a hefty percentage of the money to some charity to combat the very thing he's talking about. To combat. I mean, Kaepernick, is, it seems like he's a very kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, ascended kind of guy. He kind of gets the big picture. <clears throat> but but, the, but the, the, to me, the bigger picture is, and I've got to, Take a second, if I, if I may, to construct this. I don't want to get myself in trouble. And that is, you assume that most police officers, and I still assume that most police officers, are either very good at their job and very well-intentioned, or they're pretty good at their job. It's the idea that a majority or even a plurality of police officers is corrupt and trigger-happy, and this, the whole society would crumble if that was the case. I think most police officers go to work, and whatever that impulse is that prevents them from shooting some guy in the back who's got a phone in his hand, not a knife, most of them, I think, I think, have that impulse down in the training and so forth. But the truth of the matter is, Kaepernick is pro- protesting a reality in which, you know, not only are an interesting number, I don't want to quantify the number, not only are, are an interesting number of police officers shooting innocent civilians, but they're getting off because the courts are in on the game. You hold these cities liable for these shootings. If you hold the police liable for a lot of what they do, then the city's going to go bankrupt. I mean, in New York, there's hundreds of millions, I repeat, hundreds of millions paid in settlements every year for infractions or outright abuses by the police. Hundreds of millions that the city pay, you and I pay, the taxpayers pay. And, 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 and forget about the economics. Kaepernick is protesting a system which is a flawed system that is killing people. It's not like your box from FedEx is coming late with your Christmas present. People are dying, and he's protesting that. And I think he has every right to protest that. He has every right. <clears throat> and, 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 the, and the bigger issue here is that, you know, the NFL, they would have used Kaepernick and Eric Reed as the example, you know, to all other potential athlete activists, that if you dare step out of line, this too will happen to you. And, you know, you know and putting this in the context, right now, you know, I'm doing a college tour right now with my book, We Matter Athletes and Activism. And, you know, I had the privilege of interviewing a lot of different athlete activists, both past and present. So, you know, athletes from the past like Kareem and Bill Russell and Oscar Robertson, Mahmoud Abdul-Aruf, and then cats from, from, from now, like, like Eric Reed and Carmelo Anthony and Anquan Bolden, <laughs> you know what I mean, all of them. So I'm going to different colleges, and the topic of the conversation is, you know, if you – do, especially with football players, if you do speak out, you know, what can happen to you? And that is the whole thing where they, they wanted to have Kaepernick, but they, they expected Kaepernick to drop this case a long time ago. Right. They, well, they wanted to scare people. They wanted yes, to scare people. Complete scare but, 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 but this is common. You know, in this society, in the rarest instances, if, 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 if a corporate power structure, and I don't want to go full-blown info wars here, but if a corporate power structure perceives you as something that's a... Dump it. Dump it. Can't say that word on the radio. Okay. The, the, the loan government is nonsense. But the, but the point is, is, that's an extreme case. The second thing they do is they want to put you in prison. They want to neutralize and they want to nullify voices in this country that are truly not progressive voices, 
but progressive voices who really have a chance of getting something done. A lot of people are squawking about they want to do the Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders. They've all got plans that require massive tax increases, which are probably not going to go through in this economy right now. Mm-hmm. But, but, but if you have a plan to do something that's, re, that, 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 that's reform-minded and you really have a shot at it, they want to kill you, they want to put you in prison, or what they did to Kaepernick is the same thing they did to Ali. At the peak of his career, they want to get him off the field. They want to get him, they want to get him out of the arena and, and, and silence them. Okay. Right. Kaepernick is a modern-day Muhammad Ali. Right, right. And, and to answer your question, Paulie, so now, you know, them winning a settlement shows young athlete activists, because I'm going to continue hearing this all the time, and they're going to say, oh, we don't have to be afraid. You know what I mean? He, he did come out on top of this. You know what I mean? And Nike endorsed him. You know what I mean? So, so that scare tactic isn't going to work anymore, and that's what I'm seeing as the big win in this whole thing. Yeah, well, that... but Nike, Nike did that, which is admirable. And they also did it for commercial reasons because they had oh, a no huge reason. market in the African American community. Completely, hundred percent was a smart move for them. Yeah, that was well, you know the the interesting <clears throat> thing that I took away from it was, uh, and, and you know, as we get to hear Etan, who is in the field, traveling around and talking about his book to young African American and white athletes who had a stigma of fear about whether or not they should be able to express themselves within their constitutional rights or were they going to be sanctioned or behind, you know, locked corporate doors, excommunicated. And so I'm glad that this happened for the sake of them of having the feeling safe to speak out. But it is a great example of um, how corporate America can put a stranglehold on someone's voice when they when they want to protest, it should be all right in this country to do so. I hope from this too um, that Kaepernick gets a, gets a, a last swan song and a chance to play. I hope that uh, you know his last couple of seasons backing somebody up or doing something that would be the final triumphant return for him. If a, a team picks him up now, we'll see if that happens or not because he's getting a little long in the tooth. Um, well, the other th- the other the other thing is that when people come into a stadium. No one, no, no one tells them, I mean, I, I don't think they tell them to take off their MAGA hats. You know, we're living in a world where there's a kind of, a, 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 you know, there's a confrontational uh, a, a veneer to uh, people wearing flags on their shirts or hats or emblems and wearing MAGA hats or taking a knee in of, uh, of human rights issues involving the police in this country. And the thing is, the, 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 the way to solve it is, is it's all legal. It's all covered by freedom of speech. Like, for example, if I'm doing a play on Broadway, I can't come out on beginning a show and say, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin the show, I'd like to give you a brief lecture on the history of in New York City. I'm going to pass some cups in the audience. You know, you don't do that. And, 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 and where taking a knee prior to a game fits into the overall program, no one's suggesting... And what they're doing is delaying the game. They're not intrude. They, they don't stop. Kaepernick doesn't throw a touchdown and walk up to a microphone and, and, and make a speech about race relations. Right. You know, they're not interrupting the play of the game. So I don't see why I would need people to explain that, that so long as he's not hindering the progress of the game and affecting the outcome of the game, why he isn't able to express himself in the same way as the people who bought tickets who wear MAGA hats when they come to the event. 
Well, the, the, the reason is that there's, there's a portion on most of society, and this is on both sides, don't like to hear people say things that they don't agree with. That's, yeah. just, that's, that's just the reality, and that happens on both sides. You know what I mean? So the fact that Kaepernick was bringing awareness to something else that, that he, that he, he um, illustrated as a problem, the segment of the society who didn't see that as a problem completely had an issue with it. Now, if he was saying something they agreed with, then they would have cheered him. Yeah, here's the bottom line. Well, let, 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 let's, see, let's see how many people... They come up with a some kind of a colored band. Let's say there's an armband that is green or chartreuse or pink or purple. It doesn't matter. Which is the international color of sex abuse and sex trafficking. And let's see in the wake of the Robert Kraft situation, how many players want to wear armbands? Well, are they going to stop them from doing that? Because one of the owners has been uh, a steady customer of a place that's known for sex trafficking. You know, in other words, you... You can point fingers at the players. You can point fingers at management. We be pointing fingers at this country, everybody all the time. And we we have freedom of speech. And Kaepernick's actions that delay the game or affect the game are... We're losing Big Al. We're losing Big Al. Say again? We just lost you because of your... You must be driving. Oh. Whoa. What happened to Big Al? I don't know. He was on a roll. He's on a roll. He's gone now. So, so here, here's here's my note to close this segment. I believe that Robert Kraft and the Kraft Company should come up with a multicolored macaroni and cheese and donate the money. Uh, uh, so let's come up with the chartreuse mac and cheese uh, to donate uh, for helping and benefiting the sex trafficking problem that we're fighting against in this country. I think that uh, we should we should do Kraft chartreuse mac and cheese. Not I, I mean, I, I still want to know the other names that were involved. I mean, yeah, yeah. Know. Let's let's get it, all the evidence. It, it's that's the weirdest thing about that story to me is there there was a reason his name was leaked. You know, let me tell you something. Why you know of all the names that were leaked, why there, was his? There but is then a, they said he wasn't the biggest name. Yeah, I know that's they didn't crazy. Any other names. Right there is out. Yeah, well, that, what does that suggest to you that he's <laughs> the owner of the? Of the New England Patriots, or what other names were with him if there were Patriots there, and who knows? And they say bigger than his. I can't think of. There's only a couple of guys whose names are bigger than his I can think of in the Patriots, but that remains to be, to be just the Patriots. I mean, we know who. No, it he doesn't have to be. With. It doesn't have to be. It could have been you know owners of other other teams that are could bigger been, names than right, him. Could have been politicians. But it's like That's right. when that what was the strip club in Atlanta when that story oh, broke? I was, every name was out there. You know? Oh, you know oh, what? Immediately. Oh my god! <laughs> listen, immediately. Listen, I saw things at that club. <laughs> That, I saw things happen at that club that I have never seen before in my life and still haven't seen since. All right, we got, we're way behind. So we're way behind. Uh, Itan, I'll call you later on, bro, so we can have our conversation. You guys conversation. should maybe uh, do something like this more often. Hey, that's a good idea. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, and before I let you go to him, did, did you get the call I was I was trying to set up for you, Itan? I, I did not yet, but oh, we're, we're going to work it out. Oh, my God. All right, Why do you leave Itan hanging like it, that? I've been we're going to work it out. All right. All right. I'll get <laughs> it figured terrifying. out. All right. All right. Thanks. Cool. All right. All see right. you, Itan. Thanks. Right. And bye-bye to Josh. Goodbye. Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz. Hi, this is Bruce Smith. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, it's Dean King. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back for the second hour of the big show. 
And I was about to go into sounding off with Paulie Sibelia, but you know, one of the reasons why we should we should do this as a show is because some of the greatest things come during the break. You know, because things we can't openly discuss, but in a show, they would. Now, Josh, who has, you know, a morning show, very, very popular, the most popular morning show here in, in all of upstate New York, um, uh, he has a lot of work to do, editing and stuff he does. After he comes in here, he has to go do other things to tie up his morning show and then maybe get home and actually be a father and husband. So um, I know what those roles are like, but something came to me that is fascinating to me, Josh, who's mm -hmm. sitting in for an extra segment to discuss this. You are boycotting all of your social media for one week. Yeah. Tell us I, about that. I started at 6 a.m. this morning, and I'm going to go through uh, 5 p.m. Friday because I, I guess that's when the weekend starts, I guess, officially, and I wanted to I wanted to see what would happen. You, I mean, it's good that I'm having this talk with you because you work with addicts, and you know what addict behavior is uh -huh. and i noticed that i was just always checking it and looking at it and whenever i got bored i would have to look at it and there was a very much um like a monotonous kind of over and over <clears throat> for no reason i'm looking at it and i just over the weekend realized if i put time screen limits on my kids i should put screen limits on myself and i want to see how my brain reacts to no social media none of that dopamine release that happens through social media I'm not going to stay off it forever. I'm going to go to one extreme well, and then try to find the in-between. Well, I have a very simple solution and, and f as far as um, anyone out there that needs to answer these questions in their life. This morning, I had someone approach me and say to me, they're very worried about their son. Mm -hmm. They're wor very worried about his drinking, and then they've explained levels. And everyone's different. You know, Some people can drink every night. Mm -hmm. It does not interfere with them. And I said, what I'm going to ask your son when I see him is does this interfere with the quality of my life in any way sure if it's something that's interfering with the quality of your life you probably have a problem yeah so when you look at whether or not you're if you're happy with the amount of time you're spending with your wife and your children and other things that you have to do or is this preventing you from doing other things that's the answer to whether or not the social media look i once paid for the plane tickets for my three brothers and myself, I said, we have never gone away and done something, just the four of us together, since becoming known actors mm -hmm. and so on and so on. This was back in the, I want to say the late 90s mm -hmm. or early 2000s. And so the idea was we were going to go to Trout Lake in Ontario. I was flying everybody in first class to International Falls, seaplane taking us in, guide comes, sets up the boat, sets up the gas tanks firewood, the food, a whole bit for like five days. Yeah. And we're alone in the wilderness together with candlelight, you know, and lanterns. And it was going to be really cool. And we're like two days before. And I said, you know, Stephen, it's going to be, I'm on the phone with Stephen. I went, it should be very interesting to see what it's like for you with no cell phone at all. And he went, what do you mean? And I said, well, Stephen, we're 450 miles into Trout Lake, north of, you know, Minnesota, where yeah. there's no cell towers. And he went, there's going to be no line that we can use of any way. And I said, no. He goes, I can't go. Immediately said he couldn't oh. go. And I said, well, what do you mean you can't go? I go, you can't do without your cell phone for four days? Just four days? You can't? He goes, no, absolutely not. I can't. I cannot go. I'm sorry. You never told me that I'm not going. As soon as I told Billy and Alec that, well, if not all four of us aren't going to go, why are we going? And I went, and we didn't go. Oh. He canceled the trip because he wow. could not make it. 
without his cell phone. Least favorite Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> he ruins things. He, he, <laughs> d- he, but, but you know what? He's such a slave to that damn phone. Mm-hmm. He has multiple phones with multiple lines, and um, he cannot, wherever I'm with him, we, the worst thing to do with him now is play golf. Because he's looking at I, it? I won't play with him because yeah. he's on the phone. Yeah. It's your shot, bro. Yeah, hang on, guy. I got it. So anyway, Tommy, I need uh, I need those guys to get down. You know, and he's talking about nothing that really matters. Right, they can't right, take right, five right. hours off just to right. play around golf. Can't do it. So no, I'm, it's, I, I'm so I started at six a.m. I'm already uh, was it five hours in, and it's now I've had distractions up until this point. Like I've had to do my show, and then I've done your show, so I've had things going on. And now once that downtime starts, you start to think, "Well, what's going on on social media? Is this just your personal social media, or?" All because this is tough for a guy in this well, business I have, where so you I have, have to be people covering. I got people covering. I got people covering. I got okay. people covering. And so like people I said, are I'm, responding. This is, all, this is only this week, and I'm doing it because it's a slower week for like events. I've got nothing going on this weekend that I need to be really hyping on social media. Right. I wanted to do this experiment on myself. But here's the difficulty in this business, and I've cut down a ton on my social mm-hmm. media, is people kind of look to you to keep them entertained in their downtime sure, on sure, so, sure. social media yeah. too. So yeah, did like, you, did you make a formal announcement so people yep. would know? Yeah, on your on your. I sites? posted and I posted a post on all of my social media, saying I think I said something like I'm doing a social experiment on myself. If you need me, find me in real life. So. Wow. Find me in real life. And I don't know what the replies have been. I don't know what the comments have been. And it's starting to stir up in my head. The real test is going to be tonight because it's every night. I, you know, we feed the kids, we get them done with their homework, baths, all that stuff, and then there's like those two hours of downtime before bed, where I'm just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna try. Watch a movie. I'm gonna try. Right. I've lived without it. You know, like a lot of these kids now, like you go to Balk Hogan, he's never lived without a uh, social media. Yeah, I've <laughs> lived without it, and I want to remember what it's like. And, and so on his announcement on Twitter. He has um, like a prison-looking fence with a with a with a, a, a lock bolted yeah. to the fence to yeah. close it. Yeah, and that he is not. And he's, there's there's some response. Don't show me. I don't want to know. Don't some tell me response. there's responses. Whoa. Whoa. There's some responses. So many responses. Stop. Come on. <laughs> there's not. Well, All right, thank this. you. All right, come on. Because I'm I'm not going to look at it. Look at the number of comments. Oh my goodness. Stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. I just I'm not gonna read them to you. I'll read them send them to It's text. like you it's like you back in your partying days and a buddy's going, uh, man, this Coke is the best Coke I've ever had. You're doing that to me right now. You know you know what's funny is that, you know, you can tell when it comes to that because you know, this is a, a an interesting social experiment. Which well, well let me let me preface it with this. So why? Why why are you, you for exactly what you said about is your drinking affecting your? You need to you need to do this to answer whether or not it's affecting because yeah, this I know will it only, is. this will only tell whether or not you have the ability to stop doing it. It's not going to tell. Right? Only no, you know I'm doing it's it. Affecting. I'm doing it a because I know going to the extreme like this will be obviously interesting radio material throughout this week because uh-huh. I'll start to get you know angry sure. angry about sure. it. But maybe there'll be a point where I'm suddenly, I'm not angry about it. Or, like, what happens? But I'm going to the extreme so that I can find the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all the way on one side right now. I want to go to the other side. See, now, I have listened to you on other issues that Mm -hmm. we've talked about. Yeah. More health issues. Sure, sure, sure. And sometimes you do 
that almost Neanderthalic thing where you go, yeah, look, I know and I don't care. You it know is I mean? funny like, yeah. that this is yeah. the thing you picked instead of right. working on your actual health. Right. So, so what I what I find compelling it and and I'm leaning a little initially towards. Is knowing you, you're going to do this, you'll succeed. Mm-hmm. And you go, see, I can walk away from, and so you can say that. Sure. No, it's, a, it's the same thing I do with anything that I'm addicted to. Like, if I'm addicted to Taco Bell, I'll not eat it for a month and go, see, I cannot eat it. And then I eat it 15 days in a row. <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> Which, again, as a, so will you supplement that time by doing things that do help the quality of your yes, life. Yes. Oh, so, so yeah. what are your plans? My, I'm going to go to the YMCA more this week. I'm going to go <sighs> fill the time with that. I'm going to I'm going to find things that are beneficial to my health and beneficial to my mental so health. So when do you go to the Y? Right, I, like, so right now, right? Here's something that I do at work. If I'm working on something, I'm constantly flipping between what I'm working on and social media. What I'm working on is social media. I just cut that half out. Right. So I'll have a little more time at the end of my day to stop at the Y, jump on the treadmill, go swim a little bit. I'm trying to free up the the useless time that I'm giving to social media throughout the day you and know use what? it for better things. I might be in on some of this. I might be in on, I go to a 12-step meeting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I walk out the doors from here because it starts at 12. I'm mm-hmm. usually a few minutes late, but I'm done at 1. Yeah. I could be at the Y at one twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that gives you the time to do. Is that too late for you? No, no. Oh, we could go all week long. You and I to the Y. What are we going to do at the Y? Shoot hoops. Uh, hoop. Yeah. Shower. Shower together. <laughs> I, don't want you, I don't want you to get addicted to the Y either. You know? <laughs> Let's take another quick break. Let's take another break. Wow, that's fascinating. So yeah, that's what I'm at right now. Oh, I can't yeah. wait till you're just screaming at everybody. I'm going to. Your poor then, children. Yeah, yeah. There'll be another side. Wait, 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 wait let me just check something. Oh, yeah. look at all the messages. No. Get. Look how many more messages. Oh, my God. Oh, come no. On the radio. Oh, it's just in the no. hearts. The hearts. Do it. I can't. <laughs> this is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new. Is sounding off with Paulie Sibilia. Started off hot there with technical issues. That was powerful. It was a powerful opening you got going. Trey Young was ejected for staring at somebody in an NBA game, which is insane to me. But here is his take after being ejected. I played a lot of flair, played a lot of energy, emotion, have fun. And for me, I was just, uh, I had a shot, and uh, I just looked in the arena. Was there anything said at all? Uh, no, I didn't say anything. It was just a look? Yeah, yeah, it was just a look. I didn't say, I didn't really say anything. What was your feeling about getting a J? I mean, were you surprised at the call? Uh, I mean, they made the call. I, I mean, I just got to live with it. Um, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing more I can really say. I just, they made the call. I had to live with it. Um, I just I looked at looked at someone, and uh, that was about it. Okay, so now I got something for you. Mm-hmm. If we can do this right now, I'm not saying this played a factor into it. Yeah, but he did say something. He's not. That's not true. If you go to the, can we pull up the video of it? Let me let me just show you because when he's staring at him, 
Mm-hmm. Before he, I believe, before he gets the whistle, he stares at him. He turns, and as he turns, he goes and says something, and it, it's in the video. And so name is Curtis. Yeah. He he definitely says something. Now I don't know. I don't think the other referee can hear what he said, but he most assuredly says he mouths something. He says like. Yeah, take that baby. You know, something. you gotta, but you gotta be wondering if he. You don't know if he. Okay, ready? Let's watch. Let's oh, watch. For this. God's sakes, this so. is, it's too long of a video. You threw, you threw me a curveball. We had an eight minute break. Okay, so and you couldn't. So that's okay. That's okay. We're gonna pull it up. We're gonna make it nice, and we're gonna see that when we'll he, have to do it during a break because this is. Wow. Well, so, everything's not working. You, isn't there? Some, isn't there just a short clip you can pull? Um, up? Well, I'm not gonna look for it while we're on. Are you doing so what? A guy faked his own <laughs> kidnapping. In Buffalo, after he could not afford to pay off the people who won his Super Bowl board, and this was a fifty thousand dollar board. Like I, so he faked his own kidnapping and said he was robbed. You have a man that's been abducted for two days at gunpoint. A large amount of money taken from him. He doesn't seem to be emotionally distraught, maybe upset about this. You know, it's almost like business as usual. You get a guy that's been in a pickup truck for two days. He looks relatively clean. And then you dive into his story a little bit deeper. And what you realize is all this stuff is made up. (laughs) So he faked his own kidnapping so he wouldn't have to pay people. Probably spent the money before... That or if he didn't spend the money, I mean, he knew it was coming that he had to pay it. Is he sitting on it right now? Oh, good call. Is he sitting so he's going to use it for legal fees. But so, can they, I don't know, there's so many questions. I think they, they have, can like, charge him with all yeah, kinds of stuff for faking it. You can't sue somebody for stealing your gambling money, can you? Yeah, that's illegal. So that's an illegal play. So Vlad but, Guerrero Jr. hit a double in a game yesterday with one arm. Like, he swung the bat with one arm, and he hit it out the top of the fence. Swinging a drive, left field. Up against the wall and off the wall. Guerrero jogging around first. Thought it was out of the ballpark, but he'll coast in the second. He looks it more like Cecil Fielder. Like he even got all of this, but he generates so much force in his swing. He utilizes his body in such an efficient manner. This is not this is a one-handed swing, but it's a very strong young man. It was pretty powerful and impressive to see him. I mean, he golfed it yeah. with his left arm. Yeah, it was crazy. And it's off the top of the wall. He's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, he can, to... he can smack it. A girl fighting a tumor asked for f- letters from dogs while she was fighting the tumor, and she got 50,000 letters from dogs. A wow. new family friend of ours asked her friends who she knew owned dogs to send Emma a letter from their dog, and what we didn't know is those friends would then share it with their friends and share it on social media. We get letters and emails every day, and so she loves seeing them. She smiles or giggles or laughs, especially at the funny ones. There's some pretty creative people out there. A lot of kind people, obviously, are taking a couple minutes out of their day to just do something nice for a complete stranger. It's been really overwhelming, and Emma's been really happy with all of it. It's really helping her, you know, stay positive through all of this treatment. I think what's awesome about dog owners is they have big hearts and it's simple for you to share a picture of your dog or a note about your dog with somebody and just try to cheer up their day this is rough for us this is tough on emma and what we're going through and obviously the diagnosis doesn't look good but to know that a simple gesture from complete strangers can bring a smile to her face for just a couple minutes of their time really makes us happy that's a cool story there's something about dogs on social media too and what josh will never know now they just scrolling through social media and you see dog pictures. You're like, well, look at this. This makes me happy. I'm a dog lover. Sad news, too. 
Mona from Who's the Boss passed away. Oh, no. You know who that? I don't remember her name now. <laughs> but uh, this was a, she was a, a feisty, always making sexual jokes on, uh, on uh, Who's the Boss. Mother, they're just friends. A man and a woman can be just friends, you know. Why? <laughs> so, dear, do you have any questions for your Aunt Mona about what happens after the wedding? Oh, no. No questions. Uh, Lyle and I have a book. <laughs> oh, good. Does it have pop-up pictures? So... Rest in peace, Mona from Who's the Boss. How old was Mona? Did it say? I don't know. I mean, she had to be. She was old 100. back then. Yeah. yeah, she was like in she her. She died from complications of Alzheimer's. We'll uh, take another quick break here. We'll come back, uh, talk SU Virginia, maybe get a little Bulk Hogan in the studio. And uh, anything else you want to hit on? Um, no. I want to talk to uh, incredible Bulk Hogan. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. So, we're back on air in our closing segment. And I felt that... Um, not in our closing oh, segment. We're not in our closing segment? We're going to do a quick one? Yeah. What, how quick you want it to go? I don't know. Just... We'll, we'll play by ear. I'm a professional. Wow. Let's see how it works. I don't really get to know anything. Um... The incredible Bulk Hogan is sitting in with us right now. And um, Tommy, I got to ask you something. What do you got? So here's what I got for you. This is your audition right now. Okay. Really. This is one of those, you're pulled over by the police officer and you better make good. All got right. it. So here's what we got. So we have Josh comes in for the first hour and he sits out. And I have lobbied. I have said, you know, Bulk knows his stuff. He knows sports. He's good. Now, old school... Ebenezer next to me. Um, <laughs> he he likes uh, you know people having to come through the ranks. Have to you're 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 a shooting star right now. You know okay. you're you're in here. It's early. It's early in the game for you. Tell us why you should be the second hour man in that seat. I can bring in the young opinion, the young man's opinion. We got two guys in their fifties. <laughs> I'm not in my fifties. Wow. You're close. <laughs> You're close. You said it. You said I'm, it. I'm pushing it. Okay. I'm not my, that's not rush thing. I can bring in the millennial opinion. <laughs> if you're, if you're trying things. to get a job, you should probably not tell your boss. He's Fair older. point. That's a very good point. <laughs> you're, you're a 30 year old looking 50. <laughs> but I can bring in what the trends are going around, and Josh doesn't have the social media right now, so that's I can bring in that sort of sense now, at least for the week. We're going to be lacking really the be social media that over here. You need to be. I, I, I'm. You're I'm a huge it? Bulk Hogan fan. See, here's the thing, though. Your name is the one on the show. Yeah, yeah why can't you do a show by yourself? <laughs> Listen, you have to understand the nature of uh, of how... That was a... He just... That's not what huge, I meant by that. Oh, you, he, you had the final say. Your you name is the one this, on the you show. You better address this over here. No, Maybe see, my point would be is his name's on the show. He should be the one talking. <laughs> he should be doing it by himself? Yeah, well, not by himself, but... Nobody cares what other people's opinions are. Like nobody's tuning in for Bulk Hogan's opinion. They want you don't Daniel know that. Baldwin's opinion. I have many family family members tuning in, listen, trying to listen for yeah, the Hogan's. My are, like, they want my opinion. The Hogan family. The Hogan's are listening. I love that, that new TV show. <laughs> I love that TV show though. I'm the Hogan's Hogan hero. Family. I know we have to get um, we have to get a soundbite. I know nothing, Colonel Hogan, Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. 
And I don't have a problem with him being on the air. It's just he's funny in spurts. No, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Am I one liner? Why do you? Yes. Is it because this is one liner? That's what, exactly that, what I said. But, but, but so the not, show's I'm, lacking. I can I'm bring not, that to yeah, the show. I'm not the tuning in for lacking. five minutes of, uh, <laughs> of, of a Hogan so what the, This is what the show's lacking. There's it no is. humor. Yeah. Have you listened to the other shows out here? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if we, I work with them. Yeah. I do those shows. The too. Show, this show is hysterical comparatively. No hysterical. <laughs> are you saying so 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 no I, I want to know that so you're saying other shows we don't have to mention names other shows that you do on this at this station are, go to the comedic ends that our show goes to no okay but that's not their role uh, granted i wasn't uh, again i'm not criticizing i'm just i've listened to every show here many times and I don't think anyone does what we do, or it's even okay. close. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, but but I'm interested in the millennial opinion. Sure, of that that you think you think that there. Are, so, who would be the second funniest show? Do you think? Are you putting me on the spot? Co- like this, uh, man? this is the hot seat that you're in, man. This is what we do here. Park. I would agree with probably Park because of the pick six segment that can bring in a lot of laughs. We get a lot, we get callers that don't really know what they're uh, I'm on it. What they're on, Paulie's. <laughs> He gives himself a little bit too much credit, but oh. hey, listen. So it's you're funny ready, to you're hear Matt to go- and Paulie's uh, banter going back and forth because they've you're, been working for. You're ready to go though, right? You're ready. You're, you're a minute man. Ready to go. You're a guy. We just we say you're up and you're coming off the bench and you're throwing. Strikes. I'm always ready. You're throwing I'm strikes. Always ready. You're always throwing warming up. Strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight I put heat. the ball. I I let my feelers do the do the job. I'm not walking guys. I'm right. put making the ball get in play. I'm trying right. to get out of the inning quick. All right, let's get out of this inning quick. All right. All right. 3154377644 is the number. I got something really cool here for you. There is a WBA light heavyweight title fight going on at the Turning Stone Casino and I've got two pairs of tickets for callers 4 and 5 right now. 3154377644 if you'd like to go to Turning Stone and win a pair of tickets to see Fight Night at the Turning Stone. They're floor seats. You could be one of those guys I do right too. There. I want to go, I go so to bad. I would love can't we to go just say, Can't we say we won? Are we Put Daniel control Baldwin it? down as a winner. <laughs> yeah. Can't we just say we won? You're going to be God. one of those guys. Four three seven seven six four four. right now. Uh, Ball, get out there and answer some phone calls. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. So basically, it's a two-minute drill is what you're telling me. Yes. Two Very abbreviated week this week, Mr. Baldwin. We will be doing today, tomorrow. You are off Wednesday. Women's basketball on Thursday and potentially Friday if they win. Hopefully on Friday they win. So. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying situation. You know, you see the girls are going in as a four or five seed. They're pretty dangerous, too. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play Syracuse at a tournament. No yeah. way. I mean, they, they they seem to play um, according to the seed, too. You know, we, we've lost every team we're supposed to lose to, and we've beaten just about every team we're supposed to beat to. The question is, will the girls light it up in crunch time when it comes to... Look at the phone. How did you just see that? There was a flash of the phone with like 80 phone calls. We had we gave stuff away. See that? When we give stuff away, Syracuse we're a big is a show. five seed. We're a big show, and is, is there anything that could change the outcome of that? No, nope. it's already set. They'll play the winner of the Virginia-BC game, which is uh, the day before on uh, Wednesday. 
and then they would roll into playing Miami if they won. So hmm. there you go. Number four, Miami. They could beat number four, Miami. They could. They could beat anybody. They can take them down. They could beat anybody, but maybe Notre Dame. I believe Notre in them. Kind of quick, quick prediction tonight. Louisville's pretty good too. Quick prediction tonight. What do you sure. think? Uh, I think Cuse wins by four. How about that? Wow. I don't really pick upsets. Cuse by four. You're picking. You're picking Cuse to, for the upset. Yeah, I think they need to. If Jack Salt scores a layup in this game, I'm going to be furious. The dude can't shoot a free throw to save his life. Tackle him. Guard guard guy. Keep him from shooting. Syracuse will be okay. Going to be a low-scoring game. How about how about 61? 57? 57. I like it. Cuse. I like it. I see where you're going. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, it's admirable that you're taking the Cuse. I mean... You got through telling me earlier that we we're not going to beat Virginia. That's what you told me, and now you're you know you're you smell the upset, don't you? Yeah, no, I, I you said smell the, the magic. I, what I said earlier was in worst case scenarios, Syracuse could still possibly not make the NCAA tournament. Is what I said. We'll be back <laughs> tomorrow to do this brilliant radio again. This is a huge show.